Zara, I am so excited to talk about today's sponsor. It's the new film, Challenges. It's from the director of Call Me By Your Name, Luca Guadagnino, and stars and is produced by none other than our girl Zendaya. Yeah, you know I love her. You love her too. I love her so much. Zendaya plays Tashi Duncan, a former tennis prodigy turned coach who is married to a Grand Slam champion, currently on a losing streak. And if that's not bad enough, Tashi's strategy to help her husband break his curse sort of takes a surprising and awkward turn. Hmm, awkward indeed. Because now he must face off against his former best friend and Tashi's ex-boyfriend, Patrick. Zara, the tensions are running high. I know. Tashi's someone who makes no apologies for her game on and off the court. It's her game, her rules, but with her past and present colliding, Tashi must face reality and ask herself, what will it cost to win? Challenges is the sexy drama that everyone's talking about and it's definitely not one you want to miss. It's about passion, friendship and what happens when your past comes back to challenge you. You can grab a ticket from Tuesday the 26th. So grab your friends and get excited. I will be grabbing you and we are definitely going to be going to watch it. Oh, please. Thank you so much to Challenges for making this episode of Shameless possible. This episode of Shameless is brought to you by New Balance, improving your mental well-being with the positive benefits of running. Welcome to Shameless, the celebrity and pop culture podcast for smart people who love dumb stuff. You're joined, as always, by Melbourne writers Michelle Andrews, that would be me, and Zara McDonald, that would be you. Hello, and as always, we are joined by producer Annabelle Lee. Hi. Hi. Coming up on today's show, how a random guy named Robbie, sitting on a couch with three women who were not his girlfriend, became the biggest trend on the internet this week. Then a controversial Australian podcast interview draws attention for all the wrong reasons and Shakira gets mugged by wild boars. Then finally, a new shameless segment, My Two Cents, where one of us comes to the table with a potentially terrible opinion. But first, Zara McDonald, how was your week? Good week. Pretty good week. I learned something (laughs) about you this week. About me? (laughs) Your face. Oh no. I did learn something about you this week and I would say that we don't learn much about each other at all anymore. (laughs) Panicked. This is like whenever Zara says, can we have a chat? I instantly think it's something bad. It's She's going to find me. It's because I feel like I always have to play bad cop at work. So I'm always the one going, hey, Annabelle, can we have a chat? And everyone's banned me from using that saying. They're making me say, hey, I've got an idea I want to run by you. This is why you're called the snowflake generation. And I say you rather than us. We are your generation. I know. Anyway, anyway, back to the sort of core focus of what I was saying. So in the last week or so, you'll know exactly what I'm about to say My when I get this out. I have become quite a weather aficionado. Now, if you live in Melbourne, you will understand that the weather has been absolutely cat shit. I don't even know if that's a word, but it has been terrible. I think it's dog shit, but yes. (laughs) Makes more sense if we're talking about rain, though. And it's been raining and I've been studying the weather hour by hour because if all you can do is socialise outdoors, I need to know hour by hour what is going on. And I was saying to you, you know, I'm studying the weather ridiculously. I know hour by hour what I'm doing. And you said, how do you know that? And I said, but, but Michelle, the weather app. And she said, which one? And I said, what? I don't use no. weather apps. I'm she sorry. Said, I just use the Apple weather app. And I said, what about bomb? I thought every single person in Australia had the Bureau of Meteorology on their phone and don't use the Apple app. I use both. You use Apple. I'm no, looking I use at your both. Face. I use both. I've grown up using Bomb because of my sister. But I don't think because everyone does. My sister, <laughs> she, not because it's the better app. Yeah, because she's always used Bomb. I didn't know that everyone used Bomb. The though. Apple Weather app is never accurate. It does not give you wind. It does not give you an hour by hour breakdown. It's just a fast and loose way to live your life. The funny thing is, as well, is that I told you that I use the Apple Weather app. That is like seldom the truth. I <laughs> mostly just wake up, look outside, get a general gist. 
end up putting on an outfit that is completely not weather appropriate and heading out to start my day. You know what? This is a very self-aware observation by you because you seldom turn up to work in an outfit that is appropriate for the weather. You will be in like shorts and a t-shirt and it will be like 12 degrees. If the sun is out, my skin is also out. And I will be internally stressed for you. So I, I was a bit concerned about that. Have you downloaded the app since? No, of course I haven't. I think I'm just a hot mess all the time. And I think on this topic, I know we're talking about your week, but I will also recap my week and then we'll get to recommendations because my story from the week is basically in tandem to your story. I don't think in advance, like I'm truly someone who just thinks about the five seconds (laughs) in front of me and that's it. I don't see into the future. I don't consider where I'm going to be in six hours time. The funny thing about this week and about yesterday is you told me Michelle, heads up, you've got a dentist appointment tomorrow night. It's clashing with your accounting appointment. I knew you didn't know it was clashing. (laughs) Is this when you looked at me and you said, yeah, I already knew that? (laughs) No, no, no. I knew it was clashing. So I'd already figured that out because I was like, okay, got to sort that out. After I had had that conversation with you being like, yes, I have a dentist appointment tonight, yada, yada, yada. I completely forgot. You didn't go. It vanished in my head until I was midway through cooking dinner And Google sent me a notification. You know when they're like, heads up, you've got this meeting in 10 minutes. That happened and I had to race to the dentist and then have this like full dental scan. I was 10 minutes late. I was like a hot mess the entire time. But I actually think in this circumstance, me being a disorganized fuckwit worked out because I didn't stress all day about going to the dentist. I had like 10 minutes to fret no, about it. No, this is absolutely not the message. <laughs> this is not it. But anyone who knows me, I've dislocated my jaw before by opening my mouth too widely. So to not have that fear all day that I was going to dislocate my jaw that night was good. Okay. I appreciate the lesson that you've taken from the dentist, but we cannot possibly take this to every appointment of your life. <laughs> Just completely forget. Yeah, so that's nice. <laughs> <laughs> What's your recommendation for the week? I have one of the great recommendations, I think, of the show. Ooh. No, I know. I This also could be a very embarrassing recommendation because when this was recommended to me by my best friend last week, she was floored that I didn't know this, but none of my friends knew this either. So she has just returned from living in London and I was talking to her about drinking and wine and I was saying to her, like, I just drink the same sort of three red wines. I don't know what else to buy. And she's like, but you obviously have the app Vivino, don't you? Oh, you do love I- your phone apps clearly this week. Do either of you have Vivino? <laughs> Vino. No, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I don't is. think I am the only one without this app. And she's like, you just go into a bottle shop, use the app, scan the, the label, and it's like all these crowdsourced sort of rankings of wine out of five so you know what's good and what's shit. Wow. That's smart. Also, they have a feature where if you're out for dinner and there's a wine list, you can just scan the wine list to work out what's good. Do you know what Ollie and I usually do when we go out for dinner? And this is quite exposing. We Google about five or six of the wines, work out what they retail for and then do the margins and then work out which one we're paying for. You sound concerningly like an infomercial for this product right now. We should say thoroughly unsponsored. Thoroughly. But I think this is a great recommendation. Do you have any negative comments about Vivino to like mix it up a little? Well, I do think you need to be conscious about Vivino is that wines are rarely voted above a 4.2, 4.3 out of 5. So you've got to know above a 4 is a really good wine. So that's my recommendation. When Sammy did tell me this recommendation, she's like, fuck, this is going to be on the podcast. It's like, like I can't tell you anything without it being like you owning it. That's Um, a great recommendation. I think it's one of the all time. Great. Well, I had a great week for recommendations Also, I am picking from one of three. I watched the Britney Spears documentary on Netflix and as someone who has watched every single thing about Britney Spears and listened to every Britney Spears podcast, let me tell you, the Netflix documentary is the best piece of content that has been put out about this. They got access to people who have never spoken on the record, access to information that has never been shared. Please watch it if you're interested in the Britney story. Second recommendation, I watched all of season one of Ted Lasso. Oh, my goodness. I thought you would be on board. I have a comment to make. Zara, you won't like it. Annabelle, you'll be obsessed with it. I can't wait. All right, we need to try this and actually see if this is true. Why won't I like it? I think you'll agree with me. It's light and it's feel good and it's funny. It's a great show. However, the cheesy factor is high. And if I know you well, you are put off by naff, 
kind of slightly cringe moments where you're like, that's very obvious and a little bit cheesy. Okay. I mean, you don't need to tell the listeners that. I just sound a bit cold hearted. <laughs> and I am cheesy, yeah. so it makes sense. Okay. This is interesting. Let's, Annabelle, take this to the test. We both need to watch Ted Lasso before next week and come back with our opinions. Yeah, right. we've binged all of it. I am somewhere in the middle. I think it's a good show. It's not the best show I've ever seen but it's a pretty good use of your time. Do you find Jason Sudeikis hot? Oh, I find him so hot. He's so sexy. He's got what Steve Carell has. (laughs) (laughs) Jason Sudeikis is daddy. I'm a little bit like Olivia Wilde. What were you doing? Yeah, oh, but she's with her. Are you kidding me? Are we really thinking? If she could have a thruple, though, she should pick both. Well, I imagine she would have. She (laughs) picked them both in her lifetime. (laughs) Anyway, my third recommendation very quickly, we're keeping it high and low, the Louis Theroux doco Mothers on Edge, which you can watch on ABC I view it is all about postpartum illness. Fascinating. Right. That's quite a random throw in. I'm not going to lie. Yep. But Louis Theroux is the best. And let me tell you, this documentary was one of the more thought provoking, surprising and life affirming documentaries I have ever watched. Wow. We really have some good rack weeks and we really have some average ones. <laughs> We've had a dry spell and now we've come into this and be like, here's all the recommendations. I know. Just before we get into the first segment of the show, we do have a little bit of exciting news. Very exciting news. We have officially surpassed past 30 million downloads on Woo-hoo. Shameless. <laughs> Thanks, Annabelle. No. I was like, do we have a sound effect yeah. for that or should we I? We do somewhere, but I don't have the switchboard ready. And I don't have the energy for you to try out eight different buttons while you try to find it. No, guys, thank you. 30 million downloads is a very, very exciting achievement for the show. I think over the last three years, going from Every podcast network rejecting Shameless and not picking up our idea, including our employers, to now finding ourselves three years down the track, 30 million downloads, the best audience ever, really. Like, we are so, so grateful to you guys for supporting us and getting us to this point. A team of seven incredible people at Shameless Media that we are incredibly grateful for and love working with as well. We are just very, very, very happy to be here and very grateful to all of you who have gotten us here. Yeah, and we have shaken up the content this year. Like we did say to you guys, we're not going to do in conversations anymore. We're going to do scandal. We're going to put a lot of thought into the kind of content we're putting out. I mean, it's very tempting doing this every day to throw out as much as we can to do an episode every day. But we've been really conscious about wanting to put out quality stuff and that's why we wanted to move to Scandal and you guys have been so wonderful about that and so supportive and are loving it and we are so grateful. So thank you so much to you guys. We will be celebrating in the only way we know how in 20 and 2021, (laughs) which is to do a live stream. We're doing a live stream. We're going to charge about $5 a ticket. All profits will be going to Charity Zara. We want to celebrate this with you guys because you guys are the ones who got us here. So keep an eye on our socials. We will put something up as soon as we have all the details for you to buy a ticket. Yeah, exactly. Let's jump into the first segment of the show. Michelle, we are starting with Couch Guy, which is a (sighs) two-word phrase that some of our listeners will be very aware of and some of our listeners will have no idea about. Annabelle. (laughs) I knew you were going to do this. (laughs) In the dark or in the know? I know. I did this. I actively looked this up, though, because I knew. Did you Google? No, I watched the video on TikTok. I've actually been trying to dip my toe into TikTok recently. Oh, we forced you to create a TikTok account for work a year ago and she's slowly dipping her toe into the water. Glad to have you here. So what is Couch Guy if you are one of the listeners in the dark? Very, very quickly, it was a trend that went absolutely wild on TikTok this week. It all started when a TikTok user by the name of Lauren Zaris filmed a video of her surprising her boyfriend at university or college, as they call it in America. So her boyfriend, Robbie, has moved away. He's clearly living in a college dorm. And when Lauren walks into the room, she finds Robbie sitting on a couch next to three different women. He looks up, sees that she's in the room. And instead of what you would expect him doing, which is, I don't know, jumping off the couch, being super excited, you You have long-distance girlfriends in the room. Get up, squeeze her, be all excited. He doesn't do that. 
Instead, he looks incredibly awkward and slowly moves up to kind of hug Lauren in what is one of the most uncomfortable social media exchanges or video exchanges I have ever witnessed. I actually think the beauty of this video and why it's gone so wild is it's actually a bit more subtle than that. Like if you wanted to watch the video and keep scrolling, I don't think you would have noticed any of those things. Like you would have seen a guy who probably wasn't happy enough that his girlfriend was there, but sort of just happy-ish, I would say, happy-ish, and sort of hugged her. But he wasn't over the moon that she was there at all. What ended up happening with this video is the world just kind of lost the plot a bit. Like it's times like this where I'm like, how are we all like normal? Like people are a bit crazy Mm. in terms of how trends take off. People were analysing the dynamics in the video. People were trying to come up with proof that Robbie, couch guy, was cheating on his girlfriend. (laughs) And the two key pieces of evidence that they came to the table with were, well, he has a hair tie on his wrist. A women's hair tie. He doesn't have hair long enough to warrant a hair tie. And it looks like if you really slow the video down, and let me tell you, you've really got to slow the video down for this, (laughs) that the girl next to him had his phone when she walked in and kind of threw it back to him behind his back when his girlfriend walked in the door. Yeah, so Robbie leans forward in a laugh and you see his hand go to the woman next to him and then pull his phone back. So it's kind of like a bit of a Jedi mind trick that everyone is watching before them. Now, this went... Wild, as we said, the song that was playing in the background, Still Falling For You by Ellie Goulding, is imprinted in my tiny mind forever. (laughs) Like the way this song has gone viral on top of the video, I can't hear this again. Like I can never hear this song played again because now it will drive me crazy. On top of everything, we have these people tuning in, giving commentary and then recreating content on top of it. Some of the top comments on the original video included, it's so sweet that you surprised your boyfriend and his girlfriend. Oh, my God. Fucking brutal. (laughs) Along with bestie, I hate to tell you this, dot, dot, dot. Brands even jumped into the original video, which has 54 million views at the time of recording, to offer Lauren freebies, free product, if she dumps her boyfriend. Yeah, it's a bit crooked, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> There's also one of the funnier videos I watched on this was a girl who posted a video trying to sort of like recreate the video itself, but she did it by walking in on her cat, canoodling <laughs> another cat. And it's just like, how are we here? Like, how are we all here? I think the, the thing about this video and, and what I always wonder is like, how does something like this, something relatively innocuous, go so viral? Like mm. it was innocuous enough for Lauren to think that it was a nice video to post on TikTok. Do you know what I mean? Lauren didn't post a video on TikTok because she was like, oh, how awkward is this exchange? She posted it because she thought it was a nice exchange. And so I'm like, what is it about us that finds ourselves so obsessed with the dynamics at play here? I think it's the little red flags that we have all felt in relationships before. Like, Given the internet is divided on everything, you could point to the sky and be like, that's blue and the internet will disagree on it. I've never seen the internet agree wholeheartedly on something that is, as you say, pretty subtle. And I think it's because the vibe of the video, like walking into a room and having the people in that room not receive your entrance in a positive way, not being excited to see you, having almost like an in-joke where some people are chuckling to the side, some people like awkwardly on their phones because they don't want to deal with the interaction. One of the girls instantly pulled out her phone and was like engrossed in what she was seeing on the screen. I think we've all had those moments in life where we can't put our finger on what's wrong in the room. We just know the mood in the room is wrong. Yeah, I think that's totally fair. I think for me, as someone who is straight, looking at the age of these two people and looking at the dynamic of seeing a guy or dating a guy and walking into a room where there are three girls next to him that you're not clearly friends with because they haven't jumped up to say hi to you and they clearly aren't meeting you with the same energy that you're walking Mm. into the room with is... Awkward. And I do feel like there is like tiny universal experiences within this room. I mean, it must be that. The dynamics must be so familiar to people within this room that it must just be like a microcosm of experiences that people recognize. Yeah, I do understand what you're talking about. Like that boyfriend who has all these female friends who are also a bit frosty towards you. Yes. <laughs> like imagine coming from another state, walking into a room, and your boyfriend's group of girlfriends. Don't even like smile at your presence. They're not at all excited. They're not at all jumping up. 
Is there a chance this was staged and that's why people's reactions didn't quite add up? Well, I think the other part of this and the other reason that this trend has gone off so much is because, to be totally honest with you, Lauren and Robbie, the two people at the centre of this, have actually lent into it a little bit. Mm. I mean, she hasn't taken the video down. Not that she should have to, but she's also kind of like buying into a lot of the analysis by like duetting videos where people are analysing it. Like she's not going quietly. She She's gained like 100,000 followers from it. She's selling merch. <laughs> There's Couch Guy merch that you can now buy. And the funniest thing is oh she's God. selling these T-shirts where it's just a stick figure man sitting on a couch and my favourite part is all the comments are like where are his three side pieces because <laughs> like not a couch guy unless he's joined by three random women <laughs> like if we're going to do this let's do it properly <laughs> not an accurate depiction of what that scene was it's so funny like one of the best reactions that you sent me Mish was a video from the user Fake Roberts where <laughs> Fake Roberts said that poor girl just wanted to visit her boyfriend at college and I'm pretty sure she upset the space time continuum she opened up a fucking wormhole like where we were going, like on the fucking timeline of history, we just took a left turn off a cliff. Everything is different. <laughs> I don't know if I like love or hate the internet in times like this. I really don't. I love it. I think I love it particularly on TikTok because it is like this massive in-joke and I think everyone jumped on this in the best way possible. Now, let me say, I am sure there are some listeners who have heard us laugh about this, heard us weigh into this and are thinking... But Mish, Zara, last week on the show, you were telling us to effectively butt out of people's relationships and follow the mantra of not my circus, not my monkeys. I think the difference here is it's not like we're inserting ourselves in a relationship where the couple wants privacy. This was posted to TikTok and the couple have profited and continually generated additional publicity for this TikTok. We are talking about something they clearly want us to be talking about. Yeah, I definitely agree with that, particularly in the wake of what you said about merch. To finish this segment, I do want to include one of my favourite recreations that got 30 million views on it this week. A bride and groom did this, but wedding day edition, like what couch guy would be on his wedding day. So the groom was sitting on a couch with three bridesmaids and she walks in as the bride. <laughs> I've seen this. Oh, my God. I'm so into TikTok yeah. now. Look at me. <laughs> very, very good. 10 out of 10. <laughs> Coming up after the break, a controversial Australian podcast interview. Shakira gets mugged by wild boars. And then a new shameless segment, My Two Cents. But first, a word from today's sponsor. And now it is time for the quick and dirty. As always, we bring you the top five stories from the Ruffle and the Dumble of the celebrity and pop culture news cycle. <laughs> Michelle. Here we go. Um, oh, God. I Actually, I reckon we need to script these. So we don't... <laughs> Do people even like this? No. I, when, I was thinking this last week when we were listening back to the episode before it went live. I was like, when did this begin that we just create a middle name out of something in the episode? <laughs> At this only specific time of the episode too? I don't know. Is this Chuggy? Yes, absolutely it's Chuggy. So let's just say, Mish, what have you got for me? <laughs> My first story, Jessica Rowe pulls podcast interview with Pauline Hansen after Backlash. That is from the Sydney Morning Herald. Now, Zara, this story actually happened the day after we released last week's episode. So for those of you who missed it, the Jessica Rowe podcast is called the Jessica Rowe Big Talk Show. Last week, she did an episode with an interesting guest. In a tweet announcing that episode, she wrote, my latest podcast guest is at Pauline Hanson Oz. She talks love, raising kids and why she keeps going. The title of said episode was Pauline Hansen is made of strong stuff. Now, if you are an international listener, Pauline Hansen would be regarded as potentially one of the most divisive, racist, hate-filled politicians in our country's history. Exactly. Like very, very well known for it. And this was not an interview that you could consider like a political interview where the interviewer was challenging Pauline's views. This was akin to like an on-air warm cuddle between the women. And I think it would be easy for people listening to be like, well, why can't you just have someone that you disagree with on your show? What is wrong with that? And there is a lot wrong with that when this is something that Pauline Hanson has said before. And I will give a trigger warning before I say this because they are really horrendous to hear, but we think they're important to tell. So skip ahead two minutes 
minutes if you want to skip them. But Pauline Hansen has said this in the past. We have a disease. We vaccinate ourselves against it. Islam is a disease. We need to vaccinate ourselves against that. Now, just to be clear, this is basically lending language from Adolf Hitler who also once said that Europe will perish from the Jewish disease. Yeah. It is horrendous, like really, really troubling, just awful. Like it's actually awful stuff to even be saying out loud and and be putting on the podcast. But the reason that we wanted to say it now is because it's like it's so easy for people to turn around now and be like, we live in this world where no one can have a conversation with anyone who disagrees with them, but this goes so far beyond that. And I think that is why there was so much understandable backlash about what happened. Yeah, and it's not like she made one comment one time that was egregious. She has made plenty of horrific racist comments over the last few decades. Those have been levelled at Asian people she once said we were being swamped by Asians quote they have their own culture and religion form ghettos and do not assimilate she leveled more race-based hatred towards people from South Africa she said there's a huge amount coming into Australia who have disease they've got AIDS they have no benefit to this country whatsoever they'll never be able to work and what my main concern is is the diseases that they're bringing in and yet no one is saying or doing anything about it so she is not just racist towards one group of people she is racist to basically Basically anyone who isn't white. Yeah, and the thing about Pauline Hanson, I think, is because it's been a long time since she has given quotes of this nature. Her opinions certainly haven't changed, but it's been a long time since she's given quotes of this nature. I think it's easy for people to forget in the context of Pauline coming on Jess's show what the problem really is. Mm. Grace Tame, the Australian of the Year this year, had a really powerful statement when she said, this is how discrimination and hate is subtly enabled and normalised. Everyone is entitled to their own views, but not all views should be valorised by promoting their source. Pauline doesn't need help to be heard, but those whose oppression she's both driven and reinforced do. Nakia Louie also did some incredible work on this Mm. as well, kind of publicly educating Jess and the people in Jess's comments on Twitter about why this was so wrong and how much of an impact Pauline Hanson's comments have had on who she is and her sense of self and her sense of worthlessness. But I think what the most disturbing part about this was the commentary that came after from white media commentators who said that this was cancel culture gone mad, like just everything you could possibly expect from old white media commentators who called this dangerous that the episode was even pulled. Yeah, so Jess did pull the episode. She did say that there has been much reaction and comment to my podcast conversation with Pauline Hanson today. Pauline's political views are the opposite of mine. I have never agreed with her on those issues, never will. Kindness is at the heart of who I am. Amongst the comments today, I have heard from some who I admire enormously, including Nakia Louie and Grace Tame, and I want to thank them especially for their candor. Now, given we have Jess on the record saying, thank you to these people. I admire these people. I'm grateful for these people educating me. It is fascinating that white columnist in Joe Hildebrand described the commentary on this podcast interview before it was pulled as, and I quote, a torrent of abuse and akin to, and I quote, a now common ritual of online waterboarding. I watched all of this. So did you, Zara. We were very animated when we were talking about this between ourselves. We were watching what was unfurling on Twitter and I did not see anything that constituted abuse. I saw mostly women, mostly from minorities, speak to Jess in a way that was very respectful, very kind, but also very honest. They held her to account. They didn't like what she did. How have we got into a place where criticizing someone's actions is now akin to a torrent of abuse and PC culture gone mad and cancelling someone. Every comment that I saw that was public on Twitter particularly, because this is where the conversation happened, was just the opposite of abuse. And it feels very much like we've got to this point in Australia and we've said this before, but it feels very much like we are so much more concerned about the commentary that is levelled at someone doing a racist thing rather than what was even done by the Mm -hmm. racist person. Yeah, it's worse to call someone a racist than to actually be a racist. Now, one of the top comments on Jess's Instagram post read like this and it had 750 likes to it. Has coronavirus made everyone super PC? I know, Jess, you are a super smart and an amazing wife, mother and journalist. When has the world stopped wanting to hear other people's opinions? Now, if you think that race-based hatred is a difference of opinion, 
I have a lot of thoughts on who you are as a person and none of those thoughts are very good. Yeah, exactly. And I think especially in the context of what Jess Rowe wanted to do in this interview, which was to humanise the person at the centre of these opinions, this is just so far from it. It's not even funny. And I think I very much hope that people in positions like Jess who maybe might have been in the media for a while and have interview podcasts or whatever it might be learn a lot from this experience because this is not something that I think the general public or the public mood right now is going to put up with. Not at all. My second story, the TikTok reviews of Kylie Swim are in. That is from the cut. Oh my God. So in case you missed it as well, Kylie Jenner actually announced in about mid-August that her brand Kylie Swim of Yes Swimwear was going to be launching. Now it was funny timing because it was launching at a time when America and Europe were coming out of their summer. At the end of summer, she was launching Mm. a swimwear brand. Anyway, despite that fact, the line went on sale at the end of their summer and the one pieces immediately sold out and remain out of stock. They still have a few things on the website, but the cost itself is not exorbitant. I mean, if you want to buy a sarong from Kylie Swim, it's going to cost you about US 40 bucks. The one pieces are about the $80 US mark. But what happened when the swimsuits actually arrived after people have <laughs> bought it is what's making news. Yeah, again on TikTok. So a bunch of viewers took to social media to show that the bikinis and the swimwear were deplorable quality like deplorable so on the inside of the bikini bottoms or on the one piece bottoms it has like a Kylie swim logo and the logo is almost like a sticker on the inside the swimwear fabric is so thin and it isn't lined to the point that when you hold the bay the bottoms up you can see the sticker through the back like This looks like, you know, Shein, how everyone's talking about Shein right now. This isn't even Shein quality. This is deplorable, deplorable quality. So they're going wild on TikTok, especially because one user called Brianna Renee posted her very honest thoughts about the deliveries that arrived at her doorstep. And her video has been viewed more than 20 million times at the time of recording. Now, the seams are fraying when they arrive. The the bathers themselves are see-through. She puts them over her clothes and you can see the print of her clothes through the bathers and they just look cheap and paper thin. Now, what's really interesting is with Kylie Swim, the tops themselves aren't padded. And I do feel like if you're going to put bathers out into the world that aren't padded, which is fine, there is definitely, you know, scope for that. You want to really make sure that the quality is strong enough to carry boobs when they aren't padded with fabric that isn't going to make you see your nipples. I'm sorry for being very explicit (laughs) about this. And dare I say, like, if Kylie Jenner wants to launch company after company after company, like at this stage she's got Kylie Cosmetics, Kylie Skin, Kylie Swim, and she's also about to launch Kylie Baby, I think during her pregnancy or when her second child arrives at least make the quality good. Like you are already a billionaire. You have a billion dollars to your name. If you are going to continue profiting from your fan base, which is your right, go ahead, do whatever you want, at least get their money, at least make sure that money goes somewhere and is worth it. Like if you just churn out this shit. I don't understand why she's done it. I really don't. I mean, yeah, I I guess I fundamentally at a core agree with you. Like she can start another company if she wants to. But why bother? Mm. Like how much richer do you really need to get, especially when you're churning and burning shit? And it goes without saying, RIP to anyone who spent their hard-earned money on that shit. Now, my third story. SAS Australia, new recruits revealed with Wayne Carey and Barry Hall to face off. That is from the Daily Telegraph. Now, the third season for SAS Australia is being filmed. It started filming in New South Wales on Saturday, so October 1, and we have found out who the new recruits will be. So we've got The Bachelors, Anna Heinrich, former Bachelor, Lockie Gilbert, Olympic diver, Melissa Wu, and model Simone Holtz-Nagel. Of course, on top of that, we have Wayne Carey and Barry Hall that I mentioned in the headline. I am a bit tired and a bit lost for words when it comes to this story. Like it is just the world's most predictable headline Mm. when SAS Australia announces their new lineup. And again, we have at least one male on there. Last season, it was like three who have been accused of assaulting women. Like it is unbelievable. I think we haven't really, and we will get to Wayne Carey's allegations in a second to give you a bit more background on why it's so troubling, that not only is he a mainstream football commentator, 
Florida, but on this show as well. But it's just like we need to have a conversation about this like rehab reality television that is offering a platform for all of these men who have been accused of doing some really, really terrible things to just come back from it to to prove themselves as macho and male like or traditionally male and masculine and win our hearts back I'm fucking over it yeah and I think as well there needs to be more accountability at the actual production company that's putting this show together so that is screen time they are the production company behind SAS but also behind some shows that I really adore which I was really kind of surprised to see I think the team at screen time is having a bit of a circle jerk over Australian men who have either found guilty of bashing women or have been accused of bashing women. I mean, this season we had Dan Ewing. He was the actor who has reportedly been handed two apprehended violence orders to keep him away from his ex-wife Marnie because he allegedly stalked, harassed and intimidated her. This season we also had Sam Burgess, the former NRL player, accused of crushing his 116-kilogram body into the pregnant belly of his ex-wife Phoebe Burgess in 2018. Sam Burgess has denied that allegation. Now we have Wayne Carey in the next season, the third season, and his rap sheet is the longest of any man that we have seen platformed on this show yet. Yeah, exactly. And just to give a quick recap on that rap sheet, which I feel like we've done a couple of times, Mish, because I feel like he keeps coming up and, you know, is still very much in mainstream primetime television. In 1997, Wayne Carey pleaded guilty to indecent assault after grabbing a passing woman's breast on a Melbourne city street. He allegedly told her, why don't you get a bigger pair of tits? He later settled out of court when the woman filed a civil suit against him. Also on a 2004 holiday with his then wife, he was the subject of arrest for a misdemeanor battery report while holidaying in Las Vegas. In December 2006, model girlfriend Kate Nielsen allegedly reported Kerry to Australian police for domestic violence. She alleged that he punched her in the face. Now, subsequently, US security guard Kyle Banks told the Nine Networks a current affair that he did see Kerry attacking Nielsen while working at the W Hotel in New York City in October 2006. And then in Miami on the 27th of October 2007, Wayne Carey allegedly glassed Nielsen with a wine glass. Mish, it doesn't even stop there. No, he proceeded to kick a female police officer in the mouth when he resisted arrest. In 2008, he was arrested again for allegedly assaulting police during a domestic dispute at his home in Port Melbourne. And that is the man that Screen Time and Channel 7 want you to love on the next season of SAS. Yeah, they want him to be redeemed in your eyes. Don't watch the show. Do not watch that show. I think it is literally the least any of us can do. Mm. My fourth story. Grimes says she's not a communist, just a troll (laughs) after being photographed reading Karl Marx. That is from Vanity Fair. This is such a weird story, (laughs) but I love it. So Grimes this week was papped in a I'm going to call it a costume. Like it was, it was a costume. It was like a fantasy costume. She was walking down the street reading Karl Marx obviously reading Karl Marx in the wake of her split from Elon Musk. Now, as we know, Elon Musk is the world's second richest man. He has buckets of money. So what is his freshly ex-partner doing walking down the street in a costume (laughs) reading Karl Marx? Now, naturally, it made headlines everywhere, not least because the costume was interesting, not least because who reads while walking, (laughs) not least because it was an anti-capitalist book, but also because she was in the news because of this recent split. Now, hours after all of this had made headlines, she posted on Instagram saying that she was actually trolling. And she posted a photo of her reading the book next to a headline from the New York Post, which read, Grime seen reading Karl Marx following split from world's richest man, Elon Musk. Now, on Instagram, she explained this and she said, I was really stressed when paparazzi wouldn't stop following me this week, but then I realised it was an opportunity to troll. I swear this headline, OMG, what the fuck, (laughs) ha ha, I'm dead. (laughs) I kind of love it. She wrote, full disclosure, I'm still living with E, as in Elon, and I am not a communist, although there are some very smart (laughs) ideas in this book, but personally, I'm more interested in a radical decentralised UBI that I think could potentially be achieved through crypto and gaming, but I haven't ironed out that idea to explain it yet. (laughs) Okay, my favourite line is actually not even that one. It's the one that comes after. Regardless, my opinions on politics are difficult to describe anyway because the political systems that inspire me the most 
have not yet been implemented. That is the best dinner party line, <laughs> being like, I would actually contribute to this, but my political leanings and my political beliefs haven't yet been implemented or invented. So I'm just going to let you guys talk in the past while I think in the future. I mean, she did name her baby basically a password. So are we really surprised <laughs> oh that she's God. so futuristic? She did say, anyway, if the paparazzi keep chasing me, perhaps I will try to think of more ways to meme. Suggestions welcome. Please, I want to see more <laughs> memes from Grimes. Power to Grimes. Like this is the story that I actually needed this week because it was so ridiculous and her explanation was so beautiful. <laughs> Just what a gorgeous story. What a gorgeous story. <laughs> Perfectly done. All right, my fifth story. Shakira got mugged by wild boars. That is from Vulture. Now, <laughs> I learned something this week. Barcelona has a wild boar problem. Apparently they are infested with wild boars in the CBD. I didn't know this either. And I actually hadn't really ever seen what a wild boar looked like before I read this story. And they have to be the single most terrifying animal I've ever seen. I <laughs> can't go stretch. It's not like a great shark or something. I think a wild boar looks more terrifying than a shark. Okay. Well, for those playing along at home, a wild boar, I would describe as an animal that is a perfect hybrid or perfect split between a brown bear and a pig. Do a you pig. know? Do you know what a wild boar looks like? Uh, I thought I did, but can you Google it and tell me that it doesn't look more terrifying than a shark? <laughs> I would rather be mugged by a shark than a wild boar. Doesn't but, mugging entail like stealing of yeah, money? Well, in, <laughs> yes, Annabelle, <laughs> keep listening. <laughs> God, that is very scary. This terrifying. Now, Shakira told the story to her 70 million Instagram followers where she held up her bag, which was like <laughs> dusty and torn to the camera, and she claimed that a couple of wild boars attacked her. And she said, look at how two wild boars that attacked me in the park have left my bag. They were taking my bag to the woods with my mobile phone <laughs> in it. They have destroyed everything. I love that she then followed up by like nudging her eight-year-old son next to her and was like, Milan, tell the truth. <laughs> Say how your mummy stood up to the wild boar. <laughs> Amazing. Let's leave it there. <laughs> I got nothing else apart from the fact I'm not going to Barcelona anytime soon and not for COVID reasons. <laughs> you didn't tell me if they're scarier than a shark. They're definitely they're, They definitely are. I definitely are. I reckon they are. Look at that face. I also, though, think sloths are scary. All right, guys, and now it is time for... And that's my two cents. This is the segment where one comes to the table with a potentially terrible opinion. I'm laughing because I'm actually not solid on the sound effect yet. I love it so much. I like the sound effect. Last week we had our very first Simpsons reference on Shameless. I think it took us about 250 episodes. You brought up Sideshow Bob. We are continuing the Simpsons trend. That is the newsreader from memory. It's Ken Brockman. Ken Brockman. Welcome to Shameless. I don't think that we're strong enough Simpsons fan to be using <laughs> Simpsons snippets like all the time in the show, do you? I feel like whatever, a Whatever, whatever. Whatever. If people have a better sound effect, throw it to us. Until then, it's Ken Brockman. <laughs> <laughs> now, Mish, tell us a bit about this segment and tell us what you're coming to the table with today. Well, basically, we were thinking you and I often have conversations around random opinions that we have about the news cycle or about pop culture, but they don't really fit anywhere. It's a bit random just to be like, I've been thinking this thing and I want to talk about it. We had the idea that we have a whole segment dedicated to this. We'll throw it in sometimes, God knows how regularly, that when one of these opinions arises, we make space, we come to the we table. We clear the table. We, we clear sit the down. table. We all sit down and one of us shares our potentially terrible opinion. We will say these aren't all going to be great opinions. Some of these might really annoy you guys or be completely off the mark, but we wholeheartedly believe them and we will try and argue for them and explain them in my two cents. What are your two cents? <laughs> <laughs> I have an opinion that I've had since the middle of the year and I need to talk about it. I believe that Instagram <laughs> is about to become as irrelevant as Snapchat. Maybe not in the next six months, but I think Instagram is heading the same way as Snapchat and it will not be a very relevant social media platform in 12 months or 18 months time. What an interesting thought. I mean, this is actually not a huge surprise to me because this is your two cents because we've been talking about Instagram a bit recently. I mean, I don't feel like I'm as passionate about this as you, but 
I do say, and before you get into perhaps bringing some evidence to the table rather than just throwing something at a wall and hoping it sticks, is that I have my initial thoughts and gut reactions on that is that I have been bored by Instagram hugely, Mm. I would say, in the last four to six weeks. Yeah. I have found myself not really knowing what I'm getting out of it when I'm going on the app and I haven't felt like that before. Yeah. Look, I think this started with a gut feeling where I was like, "Mm, I'm really not heading to Instagram as much as I used to be. Like I'm not seeking out the app. I'm certainly not using it in a personal context. Like we use it for work all the time and I love using Instagram for shameless stuff because we connect with our community on there and get to share fun memes and videos and all that stuff. That's really enjoyable. But I'm not going there to catch up on like a friend's level. I'm not going there really to get the inspiration or I don't know, the outfit inspo that I once used to. And I think from there, this feeling really ramped up this week when we had the Instagram, Facebook, WhatsApp outage for hours. I woke up on Tuesday, Instagram was down and I really didn't feel much about it. Like in the past when Instagram has gone down, I have felt it. I'm like, fuck, I really want to be on Instagram. It's been taken away from me. And I think this time for the first time, I was like, I wouldn't even know. Like I knew because of WhatsApp and I knew because of Facebook Messenger. I didn't even realise Instagram was down. I'm not going there in the morning anymore. And I know it's a ballsy statement for an app that has 1 billion active users (laughs) every month, but I really truly believe this. When I was looking into the stats, Instagram has an ageing audience and this is not ageist. Like it's fine if Instagram has an older user. But we do know, just to jump in here, that this is what happened to Facebook and this is what's killed or been killing Facebook for the last few years. Yeah, and it's what killed MySpace in the end as well. TikTok's usership is far younger. 53% of TikTok users are aged between 18 and 24. That swamps Instagram. Instagram's users between 18 and 24 only make up 29% of the app. Also, at this rate of growth, by the end of the year, TikTok will have more Gen Z users in total than Instagram. And I think that is kind of a nail in the coffin for Instagram that more young people are on TikTok. TikTok's also growing at a far more rapid rate that in the space of a few years, they are almost going to be eclipsing an app that has been around for what, a decade? I was on, I think I was on Instagram in 2011, 2012. Yeah, I was on it for 2012. I used it at the start of 2012 as an editing, yes, as a filter editing, <laughs> not realising that I was publishing all my photos <laughs> to the public. I had 10 editions of the same yeah, photo up for so long. Because you're just testing the different filters against your skin tone. <laughs> Valencia, I miss it. <laughs> anyway, I think that that actual stat, I didn't know that stat that at this rate of growth, more Gen Z users will be on TikTok than Instagram by the end of 2021. I think that's your strongest stat. I think that- Thank you. Uh, You're very welcome. I mean, I'm not really here to confirm or deny because what do I know? I don't know any more than you. But I do think there is something to be said about its rate of decline. I don't know how I feel about it being as irrelevant as Snapchat. I mean, I don't know if I'm just talking from my own personal experience, Mm. but Snapchat feels particularly irrelevant to me. I think maybe because it only seized a certain demographic, like my parents were never on Snapchat. I have a rebuttal for that. Please. So I think Snapchat went the way it did. Like I still use it every now and then, but I would say it's mostly irrelevant. People aren't talking in the news about what's happening on Snapchat. I think Instagram will go the same way because Instagram is officially not carving its own path. It's copying what TikTok is doing. So the head of Instagram, Adam Mazzari, said in June that they need to lean into video more given the growth of YouTube and TikTok. He spoke to the reality that there is serious competition in the space that you referred to it as stiff competition as well and said that Instagram really needs to embrace change. And I think as soon as an app is looking at what someone else is doing and going, we're going to replicate that, we need to jump on the video bandwagon, he said Instagram's not going to be a photo sharing app anymore. It's going to be focused on video. I think as soon as you try and copy and replicate what another app is already doing really fucking well, you're already setting yourself up to be behind. I have another rebuttal for you, if you don't mind. This is just like a tennis match. The only thing about that that I disagree with is that Instagram essentially replicated what Snapchat was doing and did it better. Mm. Like their business plan in the last sort of decade or so has been looking at what other people are doing and just doing a better version of it. Like I think Instagram is mainly the reason that Snapchat has died because they just copied their stories. So what's to say genuinely that Instagram can't copy what TikTok's doing. I think though, just to rebut against myself now, (laughs) that TikTok's a bit far gone. Like I think that TikTok's too strong and is a bit like a runaway bullet train that Instagram will never be able to keep up. But I do kind of think like, I feel like it would be stronger for Instagram to lean into its strengths. And I think that would be the fact that 
not everyone feels comfortable creating videos about themselves. And I look at the future of TikTok and I'm like, I love it as a passive watcher. And yes, we create TikToks for work, but I kind of do that under the guise of work. I've created a couple of videos on my page, but they're so stupid. And I don't feel particularly confident every day creating a video with my face and my personality at the front of it. And I do feel like a lot of people would feel similarly to that. Whereas with Instagram, it feels very low investment sharing a photo of myself or my friends. And if they stuck to that, then maybe the apps could coexist. Yeah. And don't get me wrong. I'm not saying they can't coexist. I'm not saying inst- no one's going to be on Instagram in 12 months. I'm <laughs> saying- a graveyard. <laughs> Ghost town. I'm saying it's not going to be as relevant. In yeah. fact, I don't even think it's as relevant now. Think about the segments we do on this show. Our job is to come to this podcast yes. and share what people are talking about. Viral TikTok moments are now making up a huge portion of the stuff we cover on this show. It's what celebrities and stuff are doing on TikTok, doing in video. I am not at all saying everyone's going to be creating viral TikTok videos this time next year and not posting a selfie to Instagram. What I'm saying is the main focus is off Instagram, I think from now and its days of being the predominant social media app amongst young people are over. I actually don't see it coming back. I totally, totally agree with that. Like 1000%. I actually had that exact thought just before mid episode when we were covering Kylie Swim and for evidence about how shit Kylie Swim's swimwear has been received, we went straight to TikTok and we're talking about viral TikTok commentary rather than viral Instagram commentary, which I think is... The first segment of the show was all about TikTok commentary. And I thought that's really interesting to me as we were doing it, that this is like the second time we're already talking about TikTok in the one episode. I do kind of agree with you though. I don't think Instagram is ever going to die, but it's certainly not what it used to be. And I am really intrigued, really intrigued as to how the average person is going to embrace TikTok and how confident they feel to create their own videos. Because I don't Mm. feel particularly confident and I would love to poll our listeners to see how they feel about it too. I think that's totally fair enough. And I'm interested if people are not enjoying Instagram as much as they used to. I think the introduction of the shopping platform, the move away from swipe ups to sticker taps, (laughs) the links, like so many things have happened on this app recently, which clearly makes the app more money, but makes it a worse user experience for the person on it. I don't use Instagram shopping at all. I I like, I mean, this might be a niche feature of Instagram <laughs> shopping, but I like clicking into a photo and being able to click straight to buy it. Yeah. Okay. But that's the one part of Instagram shopping that I like. <laughs> I would love to know why people are tired of Instagram because for me, it doesn't feel as transactional. Like I don't get anything from it. TikTok always makes me laugh. Mm. Annabelle, what do you think? Do you think I'm onto something with Instagram becoming irrelevant? I think you are, but it makes me a little bit sad that photo sharing will be less popular mm. because I think I would be a bit hesitant to share videos of myself on TikTok. Mm. Although I do still use Snapchat, by the way. Me and my friends send each other daily vlogs. (laughs) (laughs) Well, then maybe you would be perfect on TikTok. Yeah, but like just to a select few friends. I'm not sharing it to anyone else. (laughs) Well, there you go. We will poll you guys on Your Safe Friday. Do you think Instagram is becoming irrelevant and going the same way as Snapchat? We'd love to hear your thoughts. Yeah, cannot wait. That will be tomorrow on Instagram at shameless. I was hoping we'd get to the end of the episode. I felt it coming for like the last two minutes. We need like a Michelle sneeze count on the day. (laughs) Um, That is all we've got time for today. Thank you so much for joining us as always. In the spirit of things, come follow us on TikTok. Come follow us on TikTok. We are at shameless underscore podcast. You can actually watch snippets from this episode on our TikTok. You can see us in studio. Anything else, Annabelle Lee? No. (laughs) As always, thank you so much. Bye. Hello guys, Mish here. I am the co-founder of Shameless Media. Thank you so much for giving us your ears and your mind and your time. We're so grateful. If you enjoy the stuff that we produce, may I recommend our brand new podcast, Style-ish. Style-ish, if you want to say it quickly. Style-ish, if you want to take the long way through. It is our podcast for all things fashion, brand, business, and beauty. If that is in your wheelhouse. If you care about style content, you will love this show. It is, of course, more than just a show as well. It is a newsletter. It is an Instagram feed. It is a TikTok account. 
There is so much good stuff going out on Stylish every single day starting now. So in your favorite app, search for Style-ish. Give it a listen. Give it a follow. We are an independent media company and we would be so, so grateful for all your support. That's all for me, guys. Check out Stylish and have a good one.